0: Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 11th of August. The highly contagious Delta strain of COVID is continuing to spread rapidly across New South Wales. Dubbo in the state's central west is now on high alert after a positive case at a local primary school. New health warnings have also been issued for Newcastle with a number of nightclubs listed as COVID exposure sites A mass testing of staff and residents at an aged care facility in the Hunter Valley is now underway after two staff members tested positive. While further north, the Byron Shire is still in lockdown with new exposure sites listed after a Sydney man and his two teenage sons went on a road trip to reportedly look at real estate. North Coast MP Catherine Cusack says tougher restrictions are needed in Sydney. The term ring of steel is an expression that we love up here. That's what we want to see. A ring of steel stopping the virus from escaping Sydney or otherwise a ring of steel stopping it from entering our region. Despite eight weeks of restrictions, COVID numbers are still increasing across New South Wales. The state yesterday recorded its worst day on record. Some new areas of concern, an aged care facility in Bexley in Sydney South, where a staff member has reportedly infected four patients, and a new COVID cluster is emerging in a Western Sydney mental health facility. When asked if the New South Wales government should enforce a tougher lockdown, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says restrictions aren't the issue. Unfortunately, there are still pockets of people who think that this is not a serious illness,
2: who don't believe that they need to follow the health orders, and that impacts everybody. But moreover than anything else, it's the way this virus spreads and the the way the virus moves. And can I assure you that short of not having authorised workers do what is necessary, it is really difficult for us to get to lower case numbers without that targeted vaccine strategy.
0: Meantime, top health officials from the New South Wales Government have faced a grilling over the current COVID crisis. Health Minister Brad Hazard and Chief Health Officer Kerry Chant facing a parliamentary inquiry investigating why New South Wales did not lock down harder and sooner. The Health Minister refusing to provide documentation detailing health advice on the outbreak, leading to this fiery exchange.
2: Well,
1: Dr Chant gave her answer. And can I Excuse me, Dr Chant. It reminds you that... Uh, we have volunteered to come here. This, we don't acknowledge that you have the capacity to have us here. We, we've come here to try and assist and, and give you the information you need. So um, you might and remember the question that was pre-
2: put to Dr Chant, and if you would allow Dr Chant I to answer. will
1: answer. The, no, actually, I will answer the question that I'm now talking about. Thank you. I mean, it's not, not up to you to determine who's going to answer the questions. I'm the minister, and I'll answer it.
0: To Victoria, where Melbourne's sixth lockdown looks likely to be extended after a majority of cases yesterday were in the community while infectious. The state recorded 20 new COVID cases yesterday with a growing number of exposure sites listed, with the Royal Children's Hospital also an area of concern after a doctor tested positive. And in other news this morning, New South Wales Police are investigating reports of a fake doctor who worked at a major Sydney hospital for eight months. It's alleged the 27-year-old woman lied about her qualifications while working as a doctor at Bankstown Lickham Hospital since January. A health spokesperson says the woman was fully supervised during her time at the hospital and could now face criminal charges. (laughs) Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. and We return to New South Wales and the central west of the state is again on high alert after a positive case at Dubbo West Public School. Nine close contacts have so far been identified and our reporter Cherie Coleman has more. Thanks Tash. Dubbo residents are being urged to limit their movements in the community while investigations and contact tracings underway. Health officials don't know yet how the transmission occurred but fragments of COVID-19 have been detected in Dubbo sewerage from samples taken on August 3 and 5. Another sample was taken on Monday but we're still waiting for those results. Meantime, anyone with even mild cold-like symptoms is being urged to get tested. Western Local Health saying widespread testing is now critical. That's available at the drive-through testing clinic at Dubbo Showground or the COVID-safe clinic on Mile Street, which has undergone intensive cleaning. Another testing centre will open today at the Wellington Health Service. Visitor restrictions are also being implemented now at Dubbo Base and Wellington Hospitals. And there's growing anger in the Byron Shire after a COVID-positive man visiting from Sydney forced thousands of residents into lockdown. Our reporter Hamish Finlay has the latest.
2: But yes, Tash, the Sydney man in his 50s along with his two teenage children are now being treated in Lismore Hospital. That trip has now seen wider lockdowns in the north of the state around Richmond Valley, Ballina and Lismore. It hasn't been helped by the fact that, according to police, the man failed to check into numerous venues during his visit and has been uncooperative with investigations. Health Minister Brad Hazard says a controversial loophole in restrictions that does allow for people to travel to view potential property purchases could now be tightened.
0: Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool and Scott, it's no surprise given these rolling lockdowns, especially in New South Wales, and no clear timeframe on when the restrictions may end that business and consumer confidence have both taken a major hit.
1: Yeah, Tash, good morning. Not surprising, still a disappointing, quite frankly, and I'm the an eternal optimist, as you and your listeners know, but... Uh, these were really ordinary numbers unfortunately business confidence taking a massive fall consumer confidence also turning negative in other words more people expect bad things in the future than good now that's bad in and of itself but of course these are leading indicators this determines what we as consumers go and spend how businesses invest and hire if they're expecting tough conditions into the future they're simply not going to make those choices and the problem is that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy once we decide to pull in the horns that really might just create the very conditions we're worried about in the first place.
0: And Scott, talking about confidence, the Prime Minister has warned that if New South Wales can't control COVID, it risks not only the path out of lockdown, but also massive economic damage right across the country.
1: Yeah, and this is the real challenge. Of course, we know New South Wales is only one state of of all the states and territories, but the impact of not only the fact that New South Wales is the largest economy, but so much trade, so much tourism, so much, you know, kind of mood, frankly, comes and goes across the states new south wales is in a long lockdown we all know that but the pm is increasingly vocal about the impact it will have both on getting out of lockdown itself as you say but also the economic damage that that very lockdown causes economists are already expecting a negative gdp quarter currently the expectation was that the october to december quarter would be a positive one we'd be back into growth if it's not and again the longer this goes the bigger bigger the chance it will end up with another negative quarter that is the definition of recession. And again, back to that confidence story, if New South Wales kind of can't find its way out of lockdown back into confidence, it really is going to threaten the national economic recovery.
0: Yeah, certainly not a good outlook at the moment, Scott. And of course, COVID, it's changed the way we work. It's changed the way we shop, especially with retail. But one of our largest fund managers is already tilting its own portfolio in that direction.
1: Yeah, this is fascinating. So we've talked before about the changing retail landscape, the fact that more of us are shopping from home. We've talked about working from home and the fact that there's fewer people on the roads, in the offices, all that kind of stuff. And those are kind of trends we can potentially see coming. It's another level, though, when the fund managers themselves say, hey, this is not working, we're out. And so they've become more defensive in their own words. They're going into things like neighbourhood shopping centres and that kind of stuff and out of those exposed areas like the big retail centres, like the big office blocks and shopping centres, basically because they expect, and I think it's a reasonable expectation, this is Challenger, they expect that people will simply change their habits permanently to some degree. Yes, of course, some of us will go back to the shops or some of us will go back to the offices. But the way that impacts on prices, on returns, on rents is really going to be a big deal in the next, I think, five to 10 years. And Challenger kind of belling the cat on that one and saying we're out now if we don't see attractive returns ahead.
0: Yeah, big changes indeed. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Josh. For sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett, a busy night at the AFL Tribunal. And Toby Green's fight to overturn a striking suspension may not be over as yet.
2: Yes, good morning, Tash. He fronted last night, hoping to get off a two week ban for an incident with Paddy Dangerfield, the Cat star. Where he fended him off with his elbow, it was nasty. Yeah, Paddy had to go to hospital, had a very sore neck. Now, it was actually downgraded to one week, but they want to get him off. They faced the Tigers on Friday night, and that is a final shaping clash for both sides. Their football manager, Jason McCartney, hasn't ruled out further action.
1: We thought we had a strong case. Obviously, there's a fair bit of deliberation, and it landed with a verdict of one week, which we'll consider our options moving forward with that.
2: Two other cases tonight. Mason Redman was up from the Bombers. He overturned a one-match ban for a dangerous tackle on Bulldogs superstar Marcus Bonson-Pelly. No such luck for Andy Brayshaw of the Dockers. Couldn't get off a one-match ban for making contact to the eye region of Brisbane's Jared Berry. That was a nasty incident over the weekend.
0: And Brett Ivan Cleary turned lawyer for a nighter. So was the Panthers coach successful in helping a player challenge a ban?
2: Well, uh, no. Appy Corosau did not get off his one-match ban for inciting a melee, but to Cleary was called impressive last night. He tried to argue that his star hooker was defusing the situation against the Roosters rather than escalated. Now this was his uh, third offence so he copped two fines and this third fine uh, triggered the one match ban. Um, so it wasn't a, a huge penalty obviously but couldn't get him off. Now on another note, Broncos hooker Danny Levi has back calls for social media users to provide identification. Levi says it will help prevent keyboard warriors from trolling players online. End of the day they're, they're just um, you know cowards hiding behind a keyboard that say that sort of thing. They don't have um, the guts or the courage to come stand up and do what we do. Now Will Chambers does his sledging on the field but he has been dropped two weeks in a row he's tried to bait Dylan Walker of Manly and there was a running battle with a number of Warriors players last week he has been dropped for Cronulla they face the Knights on Sunday
0: and Brett can the Olympic Games get any better is there now a new bid to make cricket part of the games
2: Yes, the International (laughs) Cricket Council uh, will submit a bid for cricket to be included. This would be for the uh, Los Angeles Games in 2028. Now, the last time we saw cricket at an Olympics was a one-off match between England and France way back in 1900. So it's been a long time. We'll see if the ICC is successful. And netball, of course, as well as is uh, pushing to be included in the Olympic Games.
0: Here if you need, netball should always be included. Thanks, Brett.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Tash. (laughs)
0: And the remains of a giant dragon-like dinosaur have been discovered in outback Queensland with a 7-metre wingspan and at 30 metres long, it is Australia's biggest known dinosaur. The creature is believed to have lived 100 years and 5 million years ago. How cool is that? And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. listener.